Nelson in looking for Garza backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Five Strike Final, the only highly distributed audio discussion discussing all things Atlanta United. I'm Jay Sam Jones from 30 South Soccer. Joe Patrick. Dupe. Dupe. Do, 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 do. No, it's not, oh. it's not it. It's not it. Oh. You're doing the dupe oh. song wrong. Oh, well, how does it go? I'm not. I'm not singing. We're, we'll put it as the outro or something. We're not. We're not duping right here and right now. It's, all right, it's all right, all right. To dupe. Okay, okay. Good lord. I'm curious though. <clears throat> That's right, folks. We're duping today. We're talking about the Philadelphia Union coming to town on Saturday. Uh, 7.30 start time there. You'll probably be listening to this on Saturday just to get ready for the game. Um, but yeah, 7.30 start time, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, five stripes to turn to Atlanta uh, in the midst of a rough stretch of games. Four points from the last four games for Atlanta United. An annoying draw, I guess is the way to put it, with New England uh, just a few nights ago on Wednesday night. A whole lot of chances, couldn't quite finish. Uh, some people are freaking out a little bit. It's okay. It's going to be fine, guys. It's going to be all right. But it's not going to get much easier. This is a Philadelphia team that is somewhat easy to dismiss just because you see Philadelphia and you see what they did last year, and you look at them, and, and it's a team you don't really think a whole lot about. But Joe Patrick, they've they've been pretty good lately. I actually like Philadelphia. Um, well, just the, the Philadelphia Union, what they're doing this year. Um, yeah, I thought it was funny. I made like a declarative statement a few weeks ago when I was feeling bold and maybe had a few beers in me that when they played Toronto FC and I, I determined about 10 minutes into that game that Philadelphia was going to win on the road. And then they of course lost, but that was just my kiss of death. Um, ever since then, they've been pretty good. Um, have some good young players. They are kind of like the dark side of what we, um, of the player kids movement, like, Okay. They do they do play their kids a lot and they don't win a lot. <laughs> uh, at least not up until recently. Um, but yeah, I I, I generally I, I really like some of their players. Uh, I think they get some some undue criticism at times. Um, we can talk more about them later. But uh, yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be a tough opponent for sure because of some of the things they present. They they present some difficulties for us. For sure, for sure. And speaking of that Toronto game, since that three nothing loss, good job on the jinx there, Joe Patrick. Uh, a one nothing loss to Columbus Crew, where they created a whole lot of chances. I was at Matt Free Stadium, that was in Columbus. Uh, a tough loss there against the best defensive team in MLS right now. And then after that, a two nothing win over Montreal, a four one win over RSL, who just beat Houston on Wednesday. Nil uh, nil draw at Harrison. In Harrison at New York Red Bulls, uh, a game they controlled for the most part, had a whole lot of chances, some of them hilariously missed. Hi, <laughs> CJ Sapong. Uh, and then on Wednesday night, a 3-1 win at, against Chicago in Philadelphia. Um, so this is a team that, that's doing really well for itself lately. Uh, last seven games, four wins, two losses, one draw. Of course, uh, the two non-winning results. Uh, come, or the three non-winning results coming against the three best teams they've played. Yeah. Uh, but for, besides uh, besides that, they've looked really, really sharp. And it's kind of yeah. scary with the way this Atlanta team's playing right now. And now they've got confidence. You know, that's you know, mm-hmm. you can say, oh, okay, well, the teams they've beaten recently aren't that great. But you know, maybe sometimes some teams just need that that winning feeling, and then they can 
um, really start to express themselves more. So it's going to make them dangerous for sure. They're they're a, a dangerous team right now. And it's crazy that they have this confidence when they are – and seriously, this is real. They're playing two 19-year-olds at center back, starting two 19-year-olds at center back. That's Austin Trusty and Mark McKenzie. Uh, they're a pair of homegrowns. They're academy kids from Philadelphia. Uh, they're doing an incredible job so far, though. Uh, things have been pretty tight at the back uh, for Philadelphia over the last few games. And, uh, and this is all on the heels of uh, CJ Sapong and David Ackham coming in, uh, who's been terrible, been so, so bad. Yeah. Uh, 14 goals, six assists last year for Ackham uh, with the fire. Coming over to Philadelphia, he has checking, checking, checking nothing. He has nothing, literally nothing. Yeah, he doesn't have a, a single goal or assist, right? Yeah. He's just goose eggs. Nothing, nothing. And on the flip side of that, um, when well, on the flip side of that, you have uh, CJ Sapong also really, really struggling. Uh, getting in good positions a lot of time. He's he's up there in the XG rankings. We'll talk a little bit about that later. But he's also been pretty awful uh, up front for them. Uh, two goals, one assist for him, and a whole lot of missed chances. That Red Bulls game we were talking about, they had a penalty about the 40th minute or so off a handball. Um, it's It was not close. It was not close, the penalty that he took. He, he just side-footed it uh, about five yards wide. It was hilarious. I laughed really, really hard. I included it in my like worst of the week thing that I do. Uh, <laughs> it was really, really bad. It's been frustrating, but yet they're still getting results uh, because of guys like Keegan Rogan's, Rosenberry at the back because of the, the midfield two, the holding midfield two pairing of Harris Madunajan and Alejandro Bedoya have been very good. Uh, and also you've got Boric Doskal uh, doing a nice job wow. in the midfield. Uh, well the, done. The well Czech done. midfielder. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, six assists on the year. If we're counting MLS hockey assist, that's only that's third in MLS. He's uh, behind Kaku and one other player I can't remember right now. Uh, but third in MLS there, he's also got three goals. So so some talent there uh, for Philadelphia, but, uh, you know, maybe not the results early on they would have liked. But lately, mm-hmm. very good. Well, I'll tell you, I'll, 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 this might sound crazy, but CJ Spong is a guy that I'm, I'm scared of. Um, okay. I know he hasn't finished his chances. Um, and I know that, you know, that seems to be a hot button topic with uh, Lenny United fans recently, and that um, that probably should mean we shouldn't worry about him. But um, he's so dangerous. He's so athletic. He's probably one of the most athletic forwards, if not the most athletic forward in MLS. Um, big, rangy, lanky, fast, mm. strong. He just like has it all physically, um, and that's just kind of been the way it's uh, been for him in his career. I think he started at Sporting Kansas City, and he just never. Never really had the technical side to him, but um, and I think that's probably one of the reasons David Akam hasn't been so great this year, hasn't had the production, is because when he was in Chicago, he had a guy like uh, Nikolic who was just like a pure finisher, and he w- and he changed the way that defenses had to play. And now, uh, w- now in Philadelphia, defenses can kind of get they want to get tighter to CJ Spong to kind of deal with his physicality, um, and it just changes the way that that Akam plays off of him, and, and it hasn't really suited Akam well at all. So. Um, not as worried about a common this match, but CJ Sapong is a guy that I worry about just because he can, like, with these kinds of strikers, they just make shit happen. You know, mm-hmm. they just make things happen. Crazy, you know, they get their head on a crazy ball. Um, they can they can finish off a corner kick. 
um, that those kinds of things, which can which can change games, and you can't always predict them, but they're always going to be dangerous. Yeah, lots of cluster goals uh, that can come out of nowhere, which has been a problem for Atlanta. Six of the seventeen goals scored this year on Atlanta have come from set pieces and throw-ins, uh, so it's been a wow. problem problem for us for sure. And a guy like Sapong poses a pretty big threat uh, in that regard. Uh, but you have other guys, uh, Ilsino has had a few high-class moments uh, so far this year. He had a nice little elastico outside-of-his-foot combination against Chicago to put them up one nothing. Uh, Ilsino is hilarious. He's like he reminds me of um, he reminds me of the guy who's like at who just hangs out at the rec soccer facility and whenever like someone needs a player he just like jumps in you know he'll like volunteer to be on anybody's team mm-hmm. and he like just like goes on to like some random team with a bunch of strangers and is like doing crazy tricks and stuff you know yeah. doesn't give doesn't care doesn't care that he's giving the ball away or whatever um, yeah, it's all and he's like kind of he, right. he's like he's like a little overweight you know he's just like not <laughs> like not all there as a player um but, but don't the tell one him time that. it goes off it yeah, pops yeah, off, yeah, right. Yeah. And right, this exactly. this one was that. This was this was a gorgeous goal. It may have been. It probably it's gonna have a chance for goal of the week. It was awesome. Yeah. He split it oh, yeah. with the elastico, and it was really really impressive uh, to put them up one nothing. They eventually went up two nothing, and then do you know who scored in that Chicago game? Their their last game. Um, no, I don't. He's not good. But he Keegan is Rosenberry. No, 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 for oh. Chicago. For Chicago, oh, uh, he's not good, but he's magic. Uh, Alan Gordon. Alan Gordon got the goal. Big moment for Alan Gordon, who scored twice in his past two games. Uh, big Jeez. Alan Gordon fans here on the H Dad. Alan Gordon. Yeah, uh, but yeah, eventually a three-one win. Uh, but things got started that El Cino goal. Um, looking back a, a game before that, this really interesting stat here from from Doyle. Um, looking at the passing accuracy. In the final third from opponents against New York Red Bulls. Um, Say that again. So, the passing accuracy in the final third uh, from opponents who are playing against New York Red Bulls, right? Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, so Red Bulls, yeah, yeah, I got I gotcha. Yes, okay. The, the passing percentage in their, in their final third, so like going against them? Yes. Okay, so like they're like Red Bulls defending the other teams in the final third. And we're looking at their passing percentages, the other team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and that's that's an important stat because Red Bulls are so good at cutting off those passes. Uh, that's yeah. why they're one of the best teams in the league, maybe the best team in the league right now. Uh, they just completely suffocate teams. Um, the two highest pass completion percentages, uh, the first or the second highest is Atlanta, the 61%. Mm-hmm. Uh, the highest this year was Philadelphia. At 68%. So they were able to carve up uh, Red Bulls in a way that no team really has. Atlanta's close there, uh, but Philadelphia far and away the team that, that caused the most issues for New York Red Bulls, which is really, really interesting. Uh, I'm not quite sure how and why that worked out the way it did, <laughs> uh, but they're creating chances and they're making things happen in kind of a well, weird they way. Have, I mean, they have some te- – like we've talked about guys like Akam and uh, – and CJ Spong so far, who are definitely more physical guys, they have some technical players. Um, you talked about Elsinio; he's more of like a flair guy. Mm. But um, I really love like one of my favorite players in MLS. Honestly, is this uh, is uh, how do you say his name? Mundain Madunajin Madunajin Yeah, I love that guy. I love his. He's got great technical ability. He's tall. He's physical. 
Um, and he's very the the thing I love about him most is that he's always like he feel like you can tell watching him play that he's in control. He's not moving too fast. He's not panicking. Um, he always just seems calm, and he's kind of got has the physical body to be able to um, ward off challenges and stuff. And I think that gives that helps breed that calmness in him. Um, and I think that that would be like players like him are the reason that they can have possession when they need to, uh, because like I said, he's just he's just so calm. He can distribute the ball as needed. And he's not afraid to, you know, dribble up into the final third and mm-hmm. have a crack at goal either. He's a he's a good, well-rounded center mid, and and he's young, and he'll improve a lot. Uh, him and Bedoya both uh, in, have that tendency to kind of move forward, but they're in that holding too. Um, both actually pretty old dudes. Uh, they're kind of old dudes running around. Oh, is Madunian there. old? I thought he was yeah, a young. I thought yeah. he was a kid. He's he's got that youthful look to him. Uh, okay. Thirty three years old. Harris Madunian. <laughs> <laughs> but Alejandro Bedoya, 31 as well. It's a weird mix of Philadelphia. You got like the 19-year-old kids, and then you have dudes like stepping out of the YMCA to come play ball. Um, but yeah, Madunajin and Bedoya are also going to be very important just defensively. Uh, that, I like Madunajin a lot less now. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to I thought he was like 23. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. Uh, but they're going to be huge just trying to cut off any counter-attacking chances uh, Atlanta God, has. he's older than me, for fuck's sake. God. I really ruined this for you, haven't I? I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> I didn't mean to rain on your Medunas and then prayed. Gosh, my bad. My bad. Apologies. Sincerely. Uh, but they'll be huge. They'll be huge. Uh, they've been two of the best for uh, Philadelphia throughout the year, especially when they're going in that four-two-three-one kind of formation they seem to kind of lean towards. It's very similar to us. It's kind of like a four-two-three-one, but it's also not like a four-two-three-one. It's a four-three-three-three, but... No one really cares. Um, so, yeah, they're going to be big as far as that two holding roles go. Um, looking at just kind of the overall stats for Philadelphia here, uh, they're a team that doesn't really do a whole lot outstandingly. There's nothing outstanding about what they've done, but they do everything well, I guess, if that makes sense. Uh, on the attacking side of things, if we're getting into the deep statistical stuff, uh, 1.54 expected goals for per game. Uh, that's ninth in the league, so top end there. And then 1.25 expected goals allowed per game. Uh, but the differential there uh, lines up really nicely for them. It's 0.43 is their expected goal differential per game. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's sixth in the league. And that's ahead of teams like LAFC, Sporting, Orlando City, and New York City FC. So just, just looking at expected goals, uh they're just a really, really solid team that's been underperforming that expected yeah. goal margin in a lot of ways. There's one team at the top, and they're the clear winner in this category of underperforming expected goals, the difference between their expected goals and their actual goals. And that's Toronto, who's yeah. like negative 12.5 at this point. But right below them, and it's still a pretty big jump, but right below them is Philadelphia. Uh, who was at like negative 8.1 coming into that game Wednesday. Uh, that's probably evened out just a little bit since they did put up three um, mm-hmm. against Chicago, uh, but still a big disparity. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's starting to regress back to the mean. They're starting to to benefit from all the chances they've created. Yeah, I mean, generally, that's, I mean, that's how you make the playoffs. If you can generally create more chances than your opponent, I mean, that's, that's pretty much what you're saying here. Um, that's what Philadelphia has been doing this year. That's how you make the playoffs, and it's a long season. It might seem now like they have no chance, 
Um, but tons of stuff can change, and uh, I would definitely say like there are. Pro- I mean, obviously, no one's mathematically eliminated, of course. But um, there are a few teams that are not going to be making the playoffs. DC United is not going to be making the playoffs. Montreal Mo- Montreal Impact is not going to be making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, Philadelphia Union is probably a team that you would think, just kind of based on their performance in recent years and kind of the fact that they're you know not really being talked about that much by the national media and they've kind of just been written off uh, as a team that wouldn't be making the playoffs but they very well could make the playoffs um they're going to be right in there with kind of in the with the revs and maybe you know toronto fc um kind of just fighting for some of those last playoff spots i think Uh, fire will be in there they're kind of in that group they're definitely not in the montreal dc united group yeah, no, you're right. They're right there, and they're right there right now. They're seventh in the Eastern Conference, uh, one point behind Orlando City. Orlando does have a game in hand there, and one point behind New England. Uh, so 19 points on the year for New England, 18 for Philadelphia. So very similar uh, point totals there. Uh, Philadelphia obviously on the up and up too. So we, we very well could see Philadelphia as a playoff team. Uh, they'll have to hold off Chicago and Toronto who are below them right now, and that's just stunning to think about. Man, um, really disappointing years for both of those teams but philadelphia yeah, yeah. Uh, ahead of both of them right now which is which don't is get me impressive. don't get me wrong i don't think it's likely that they make the playoffs i think they will probably fall short um okay. just because of the competition that's around them but yeah they're in it i mean they're in those numbers that you showed um that just proves that they've been playing consistently pretty well this year yeah absolutely uh they're gonna try to possess the ball a lot they're in that upper half of of possession teams in the league, uh, unlike us, who have not been in that category, uh, interestingly enough, along with three other teams that do pretty well for themselves and Red Bulls, and uh, I can't remember the third one there, but uh, uh, someone who can't get lost in this one is our friend Bodak Yellow, Borak, Do- Borak Dojkal, Borak Dojkal, uh, the Czech midfielder. Um, Jeff Lorno, it's going to be very huge in, in keeping track of him. Uh, Dogecall going to try to sneak in behind him, moving in gaps uh, around Lorenowitz and get him to kind of come off his line a little bit, break the shape up. Uh, Dogecall, very quality, can create things. If, if we can slid on him, though, you got to be feeling pretty good about our chances in this one. Uh, also, go after the two 19 year old center backs. You know, you got Austin Trusty and Mark McKenzie, like we said, both 19. Uh, just getting their feet wet here in MLS. Go straight at them, you know. Joseph's going to be big. Joseph's going to be extremely big and going at those dudes. Um, which leads us to our normal regular scheduled segment here on Five Stripe Final. Should we go with a 4-3-3 this week? Because it kind of feels like we should go with a 4-3-3 this week. You know, I want to. I Obviously, I want to. Um I don't. I just don't think it's going to happen without Tito. I don't. I. I can't imagine Tito's going to start in this game. Uh, he apparently suffered a hyperextended knee uh, injury in the last uh, training session before the team left for New England. Mm-hmm. I want to say, or maybe it happened in New England if they had a training session there. Um, but I can't imagine he's going to start. He just hasn't played enough minutes in so long. Um, and without him, I don't know what you do. I mean, I guess you could play a four-two-three-one with Gressel as a right winger instead of like a right wing back, yeah. and you just play McCann. You know, you just play the other back five, um, the, or the other four of the five: McCann at left back, Gonzalez Perez at center back, Parker's at center back, and Escobar at right back. Um, but it's going to be the same person. I, th- I think the personnel uh, kind of picks itself for this game. If Tito can't play, it's going to be kind of the same, the same kind of thing. What we've seen. 
What do you think? Yeah. Do you, do you, I, you're probably right. Do you think there's Tito any, any, any chance Andrew Carlton gets like a sneak uh, No, because star. Tata hates him. <laughs> yeah. We, we've established that for whatever reason. Um, clearly. Clearly. It was, a, I mean, that was, a, he was, that was a, like a shock uh, last week or midweek um, against New England. That him getting on the bench. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know he was in the country, to be honest. I thought right. he was like off with some <laughs> youth national team like he always is. Right, right. Um, no, we won't see Andrew, unfortunately. Uh, Tito is listed as day-to-day, by the way, y'all. Um, so he's be, he was reevaluated today during training. Um, can, we, can, we, can we talk about this real quick? Because sure. it still doesn't make sense to me that he would have injured himself and then he would have and then he traveled with the team like he he went to philadelphia or he went to new england so it couldn't have been that bad like if he if he did if he did his knee and then he went with the team and he was pictured like standing up you know he's not like i, I don't know i, yeah, I, I well, hyperextension usually isn't that bad right from what right. i understand not that i've ever hyperextended anything i don't think <laughs> Uh, but you know, it's not one of those things where it's gonna it's gonna ruin your ability to walk. It's just gonna make it more difficult to cut and, and get out uh, on quick burst. Uh, I just found it interesting that he didn't make the match day squad, um, but he still traveled. Maybe maybe they wanted him to travel and they had to, they wanted to evaluate him like the next day. And then when they did that, they decided he should not be in the in the match day squad. But I don't know. I just figured it would have been a safer call just to not even bring him. But you know, maybe maybe that's maybe that's good good that's hopeful news for us that he might be in in, in the squad for this game, you know, if he was healthy enough to at least travel. Yeah, if he can go, I want him in. You know, I've really missed his presence oh, uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yes, if I would love to see him play as many minutes as possible. I think we've missed his presence a ton this year. Yeah, but you're right. If if he's not there, three five two, same old same old. Um, he was our best chance creator last year of anyone on the team over the course of the season. I mean, part of that is because he played like every game, and mm-hmm. a lot of the other attacking players, you know, miss some time. Almiron, Martinez, those types. But yeah, he, I mean, he he was amazing last year. I just miss running behind people. I know. When's the last I time know. we did that? And we weren't just like blasting long balls up to Joseph to go chase. Yeah, and I feel like even when we hit those long balls, you know, he's got there's he's not getting he's not actually getting in behind defenders. No, not at all. You know, not at all. He's having to fight through people. He's having to run around people, and that's why the dude's getting so pissed off all the time. Yeah, among other reasons. But yeah, and know. then he chase he he runs forty fifty yards after a ball, and then the keeper collects it, and then the keeper just rolls it out to the other center back, and he has ton and the and that center back has just tons of time to reset the play, and there's no one else there to support Joseph. It's frustrating. It's it's been frustrating for a while. We haven't played. I mean, I was just thinking about this this afternoon. When's the last time that we played a great ninety minutes, like a like a full dominating ninety minutes? Was it Vancouver when we were up a man the entire match? DC night like that's. Yes. I, I can't think of. I can't think of that. We've had really good halves. I I feel like that's our that's been our thing this year, or at least in the last six seven games, is that. We have like one great half, and then the other half we're just kind of bunkering. I really want to have a full great, you know, just a, a really solid game from start to finish. I feel like we haven't seen that yet this year. I or guess not in a long time. I mean, we four one Montreal. Uh, there was the two nothing one on the road against LAG, but that doesn't count because they're garbage. Um, I guess DC. I mean, you're right with the non even game state ones. We've we've had pretty big wins. Um, yeah, but. I just feel like know. you know in the road in the road wins we've usually had like a really good first half and then the second half is just kind of you know weathering the storm. 
it's weird to me right now that it feels like there's less optimism with this team than last year's team. Yeah, that is interesting. In first place, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I'll admit it, I I don't know, I don't feel. Maybe it's just the honeymoon's over, uh, you know. Or maybe yeah. it's just the hangover from last year. Uh, but still, it's it's maybe just been the last four games that have just been really kind of disconcerting as far as the belief in this team goes. Um, and that may change tomorrow night. We may come out there and run them out the damn building, you know, mm-hmm. and we could all be feeling great again going into a huge stretch, a huge, huge stretch coming up uh, with, you know, you have the Open Cup game that who cares. But then you got NYCFC. <laughs> Sorry, that's bad marketing. Go to the Open Cup game <laughs> in Kennesaw, guys. It's going to be so fun. Um, NYC- Play the kids. <laughs> yes. Um, but, like, that was cool last year. This year, <laughs> right. go to Gwinnett. <laughs> like, oh, my right. gosh. Go, go to yeah. ATL UTD, too. Mm-hmm. Wow, I said it without fucking it up. Hey, John Nelson, be proud. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you got NYCFC. After that, that's on the road in in the tiny pitch. Uh, mm-hmm. Then Columbus on the road. Good lord! Um, and then Portland comes to town. Then Orlando City. What a what a huge month for us coming up. And it's good. We're going into it a little flat footed, and that's scary. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You know, it, it, I remember kind of six weeks ago or so, maybe two months ago praising the team for, you know, oh, what, you know, this is great. This shows the character of this team that we can win ugly, that we can not play our best and win where it seemed like last year we weren't so much able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm just like, yeah, I don't know if I'm greedy or what, but, you know, it's like, uh, can we just play a, a great game from start to finish? Like, I'm, I'm sick of the, of the grit here. <laughs> I, I want some gloss. Yeah, absolutely. It hasn't been as shiny. For sure, in a lot of aspects, uh, and part of that comes down to you know the the hot button word of, of finishing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this is a preview pod; we don't want to get too much into it. Uh, but you know, looking at last year and that historical, historically uh, relevant uh, expected goal differential, where we outperformed our xG by such a huge margin, uh, it was yeah. like. Depending on the like that. depending on the models, I've seen us. It's been like ranging from like seventeen to twenty something. Yeah, um, more goals than than would be expected last right. year. Which which makes what's happening this year so frustrating when every single shot just about isn't going in. You know, um, mm-hmm. and that may be part of it. It's just the aesthetic of it. It's it's an aesthetic thing. It is. It purely, is. It, it, you know? it totally is. It totally is. I mean, you you said it earlier. Um, you know, like we are not one of the leaders in possession this year. We we just aren't on the ball as much. Um, it's just not as you know we're not we're not as aggressive. It doesn't feel. Um, I mean, we're aggressive in in these little moments and these short spurts, but um, on the whole, it doesn't feel like we are really like choking the other team to death over the course of a game. You yeah. know, and just we're not we're not we're not um, strangling them in, into submission. We're just kind of like waiting for them to open themselves up and then hitting them, you know? Yeah. Which is, you know, several teams, many teams have success that way, but um, that's not what we were accustomed to seeing last year. And I think that that's kind of the reason as we, we were set up for a certain expectation. Now, now we're kind of playing to a different expectation, but it's been pragmatic. It's, it's worked, you know, like yeah. we're in first place. Um, it's, but it's it kind of leaves you wanting from, a little bit. From going from, you know, 2017-18 Liverpool to go into a, a Chelsea-Josie Mourinho team. You right. Know? It's boring. Yeah. 
It's not, it's not nearly as fun. Yeah, um, and it might be just as successful, but it doesn't feel that way when you're watching it, you know? Right, exactly. Exactly. Well, hopefully we get a result. Uh, Saturday again, game starts at 7.30. I hope we come out 4-3-3 and just rip their freaking head off. Uh, but, you know, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Uh, Question. If you played 4-3-3, who would you play? Like, what, what, what would your lineup look like in a 4-3-3? Would it be Gressel at right wing? If Tito can't go? Yeah, if T- let's assume Tito is on the bench. Let's assume he's playing, but he's on the be- he's, he's on the bench. Well, in my, in my perfect world, Andrew Carlton plays, but <laughs> right, yeah. we don't get to have nice things. Yeah. Um, but no, if you did that, you would you would just keep the same personnel, like you said, which makes it kind of irrelevant, honestly. Um, I could see. I mean, I, I, I'm I keep kind of waiting for this. I'm, I always pay close attention, but I think there's a chance. You know, we could see something like. They put out the three five two on the on the sheet um, an hour before the, the game starts, <laughs> and it could be the that those same eleven, but they play in a four three three. Like though you could you could take those those eleven players and play them in a, in a different type of formation. Right, and, and how much? Which I think really is a possibility. I, th- I, I think that's I a strong know. possibility because I, I I get the sense that that Tata is not that happy with with the way that the team is playing either. Not in the results. I I, I think and he's so. He's off results. to Peru. <laughs> um we'll see no not, per- it's oh, not paraguay per- sorry paraguay yeah, yeah 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 back to paraguay mm-hmm. uh hmm yeah <laughs> i don't know we haven't really reported on that but there are rumors out there folks that um you could I, be did going i just back. break something did i just mention something that i shouldn't have? <laughs> oh god oh um god. oh hey and y'all losers stop throwing things and, and making orlando all upset Oh my gosh! I'm sure, Russell, they're they're Jimmy's. Good lord! Yeah. Mm. Did you hear? I don't know. Did you hear Carlos Bocanegra on the radio today? I saw the quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it was very. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed of him. <laughs> you know, but also, fuck you guys. Um, which is but amazing, he was like he, he, he was like it's not a rivalry. He was like, Normally, clubs talk to the other club before they hand down <laughs> sanctions like this. It was like so, so salty, so snippy. Gorgeous. Everyone else in MLS is mad at Orlando City too for this, so it's great. Someone's someone's getting fired for what just went down. I don't know who. God I don't willing. know what what team it's going to be from. You know, but I think there's some staffer. My my theory is some staffer has lied about sending an email. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Some intern. <laughs> hey, yeah. uh, hey, Steven, you send that you send that email. <laughs> yeah 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 totally <laughs> freaking out realizing you never sent it um god sorry steven <clears throat> bummer man about you getting fired um yeah. let's wrap this up let's get out of here uh we'll see each other tomorrow night anyway we've done enough talking um sir patrick before we get to the game saturday night give the fans a reason to hate philadelphia union okay and for this reason we're going to be going back in time. Are you ready to get in your little magic time travel capsule? It's actually a Vespa. To go all the way back. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Let's go all the way back in the Vespa, all the way back to the time Vespa. Johannesburg in South Africa, 2010. Okay. Soccer City Stadium. Actually, I don't know if that's where it was or not. Maybe it was in Rustenburg. But it was the USA versus Algeria. Landon Donovan scores a goal in the 95th minute. It's the goal heard around the world. And the Philadelphia Union decided to capitalize on this moment and sign that goalkeeper because he's so well known to everybody in the United States. 
and he made nine appearances and gave up, I think, ten goals and only <laughs> and only stopped like half of the goals. He he, he only stopped like half of the shots he saw in MLS <laughs> before Jim Curtin told him to go kick rocks. That's the worst, like shitty carnival like type promotion ever <laughs> like meet the brother of the man with the wolf face cousin you know i'm going like, going I'm, I'm going back to a article where they've decided to send his name is uh rice and bully okay and they the article says the lead right here this sounds like a this sounds like a sam jones lead it says <laughs> the union have had enough of rice and bully period <laughs> Nice, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, it was he went oh no wins three losses two draws, uh huh. It was it was just an all around uh, very union thing. I'd like to bring up two points for my hate watch here thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one, their biggest hero in Philadelphia is a person who never existed in Rocky Balboa. <laughs> Way to go, guys! Awesome. Not a real human. You have statues of this human who does not exist. It is an actor playing another person. A fictional person. Do they call it like it's called the it's not the rock it is the Rocky statue. It's not the Sylvester still. Oh no, it is the Rocky statue. Yeah. yeah. No, it's 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 That's like very weird. Garbed in like the this gray sweatsuit and everything like that with the taped up gloves and everything. Um and that they used to have it like on the library steps where like the movie was shot and everything. Um they're also supporting a fictional character who was a child abuser. Um, have you seen Rocky Two? Yes. There is a big climactic moment in Rocky Two where Rocky is training and he decides to go on a little run. Right? Got mm-hmm. uh, you got gonna fly now or whatever it is. The the Rocky theme playing in the background. Some kids start hopping on to this run, right? And they're running with him the whole way, out of out of fear. I'm guessing. I don't know. And they've mapped out the run like if you look at each location he ran in uh sylvester stallone's rocky character ran about 30 miles that day with those kids in tow um which is just extreme cruelty on his part extreme cruelty uh totally ridiculous um the second thing i'd like to bring up is is are we still taking down monuments can we still take down monuments yeah go ahead can we yeah liberty bell's stupid you ever seen liberty bell yeah i have It's, it's pointless it's just there it's just a bell i've touched it that's weird. <laughs> Why? I think Whatever. I touched it. <laughs> it wasn't that great. It wasn't. It it's wasn't great at all. No. In fact, it was a huge fucking waste of time. We we just stood around for a long time, and then you just see a big piece of metal. It's like, okay. There you go. You did it, Philadelphia. Way to go. Uh, the other thing is dupe. I'd like to bring up the fact. Did that the Liberty Bell ever even ring? It just yeah. didn't just yeah, fall. They cracked it. Oh, they rang it so much that like. Crap! Why are we talking about this? All right, <laughs> we're moving on. Uh, but one, of, one of one of their historical monuments Jesus is Christ. a broken pieces of equipment. <laughs> you know, I had a second point, but screw it. We're just, we're we're done. We're getting out of here. Give us a, what's a prediction? Give a prediction. Uh, three one, Th- us. Three one. Okay, I'll go three nothing us. I feel good. I feel good about this one tomorrow for whatever reason. Okay, despite okay. all our doom and gloom on this. Um, dupe, dupe, the dupe, dupe. No, no, not it, not it, not it. Let's get out of here. Uh, catch y'all after the game Saturday night. Five star final. Out of here. Bye y'all. See ya. Bye.